Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. The Jay Mamie Talk Show. Welcome, everyone, this Sunday morning to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and I want to welcome you officially to your hour of Thrive Time. If you're visiting our show for the first time today, I just want to thank you personally for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of our program today. And if you are a returning listener, let me thank you for continuing to support the show as our show now has been... I believe heard from so many different areas of the world, and I can only attest to that based on the feedback that I receive and the emails that I receive on our uh, LinkedIn uh, profile page, on our Facebook page, and some of our handles, which I'll get to that in a few minutes. So I know that you're listening from all over the world, and that is probably because someone shared the show with you. And I love the fact that the shows are being shared as I post them on a replay here on Monday mornings. And I'm so thankful for those of you that are finding value in the show and in our prior episodes as well, that you are sharing them with your folks and getting the word out that there is value here. There's Thrive content here on Sunday mornings on the J. Mimi Talk Show. And that you are continuing to return for more Thrive-minded content, which, by the way, today's no different. Speaking about the show site, go ahead and visit my show site, the jmamietalkshow.com, the jmamietalkshow.com. There you'll find my archive section where you can hear all of our prior 39 episodes. I can't believe we've got 39 episodes under our belt. Uh, It seems just like yesterday we started this program, and here we are, one of the top-rated shows uh, around, and that's exciting. And you can go to the archive section to find out why fantastic guests that we've had, fantastic content. In fact, our our show last Sunday with Rolanda Watts was one of our highest rated shows thus far. And for good reason, too. If you've not had a chance to check it out, make sure you go to the archive section and have a look. And while you are at the jmamietalkshow.com, have a look at our business directory. Have a look at our author spotlight. We've got quality people on the site that have either been on the show or somehow participated on the show, and they're there for good reason. They've got good stuff to share to bring you to the next level of thriving and while you're hanging out on a website anyway or on the internet anyhow make sure you go over to my personal site the jmamie.com the jmamie.com and there you're going to have a look at my videos my blogs all of my content my prior books and speaking of that i'm excited to announce that my next book Thrivology, action-stoking, thought-provoking words and phrases to help you get to the next level. Uh, this compilation of thoughts and phrases and quotes that I've come up with uh, over the last uh, 10 years of my life that have been very helpful to so many, we've put it together in the book, and I'm excited to announce that that Thrivology book will be available in a couple of weeks now. So make sure that you continue to visit the site for the official announcement. And by the way, make sure that you stay in touch with me. Let's stay connected. A lot of you are sending me emails and comments and posting and sharing and that's how we do it now these days this is how it's done so my instagram and my twitter is at the j mamie my facebook page the j mamie uh can also be uh, uh sought sought after uh found rather that way and on linkedin Tons of you folks are tracking me down on LinkedIn. You can find me there as well. Whichever way, find me, track me down, follow me, and let's stay engaged. Now, one of the reasons why our show is doing so well, I believe, is because we're tackling lots of topics. And if you are a returning listener, you will find that our topics continue to evolve. They continue to expand. But they all have the common denominator. that They have the theme of thriving. 
But I don't shy away from tackling the tough topics because I believe that you have to tackle topics sometimes that are tough to talk about if you are looking to uh, not only thrive but excel in a way that can give you the best leverage and the best advantage. And sometimes you got to get nasty and talk about things that, that may not be sexy about thriving. But thriving globally starts with examining where we face challenges, not only from an individual standpoint but from societal ones as well, which is why I'm looking forward to speaking with our guests today and presenting to you uh, a fantastic topic, guys. Our featured guest is not only one of the world's premier clinical psychologists, but an award-winning advocate for domestic violence and sexual assault victims, as well as a notable columnist, a radio talk show host for Univision Radio. Uh, Dr. Anna Nagales joins us today to tackle these uh, this very difficult subject that has to be spoken about if you are going to thrive in your personal life, if you want to thrive here, if you want to see thriving happen as a country, as a community, and as a global society. We have to talk about these things. Also, all the way from Greece this morning, we're going to have a phone call with the coordinator of the global event, the popular global event called Raise Your Voice Festival. And that also is bringing awareness to tough topics. We're going to have a chance to talk with that coordinator, Victoria Nexto. She's going to join me on the show a little later on. So we've got quite the impacting show for you today, folks. I'm hoping that you are ready for that. But I, before we dive into my my guests in a little bit, I want to share with you the Thrive Talk of the Week. And so many of you have emailed me and have text messaged me and sent me notification that you love the Thrive Talk. And how, in fact, some guys, some of you ask me, hey, how come you don't have Thrive Talk every week? Well, sometimes in trying to bring different voices on the show, I don't have enough time to to present my Thrive Talk, but today's one of those days that I do, and I'm excited to share with you my thoughts today because I want to talk about something that is important. And in fact, the title of my Thrive Talk today is Don't Cross the Line. Don't Cross the Line. Now, before I jump to conclusions as to what you think that might mean, let me just share with you what it really, really means. Today, there's no shortage of incredible achievers in the world to admire and be inspired by. Isn't that true? Now, considering how easy and fast and accessible information is to obtain, At any given moment, you can be exposed to success stories from one type of an achiever uh, to another. So whether it's achievers in ministry, fitness, academics, business, the arts, or any other activity, there will always be an opportunity to be inspired by someone else's accomplishments. Now, that's a good thing. However, there is a fine line that exists between being inspired by someone's success and accomplishments and being jealous of them. There's a fine line. The reality is that crossing the line can become toxic to your personal development, to your thrive pursuits. It can become toxic. And here's how it becomes toxic. It becomes toxic when the line becomes fuzzy and quite faint when you begin to envy the notable deeds of those who share the same endeavors as you. Since so many performance-driven and goal-oriented people desire to see the manifestations of their dreams and desires, the potential to become jaundiced lurks when you see others attain the level of success that you are still chasing. Isn't that true? Can you see that happening to others if not yourself? Well, instead of taking a page out of the achiever's efforts, their tireless work ethics, their attitudes, uh, and personal disciplines uh, as a means of 
noteworthy and enviable attributes, what happens is the jealous person becomes resentful. So let me make sure you understand what I just said. Instead of taking a page out of what they do that's admirable, which could be their work ethic, their disciplines, their efforts, what they've done tirelessly to achieve that measure of noteworthy uh, recognition, uh, you become jealous of it. You become resentful of it. That's a toxic place to be. It is a toxic place to be, and I don't want you to cross that line. Ultimately, this individual's success can be delayed, if not eluded, because you have an unhealthy pursuit of achievement that is skewed uh, by thoughts that are unhealthy, actions that are unhealthy. So did you know that your own personal success can be delayed? You can even miss it. You could even have it uh, pass you by because your unhealthy, your pursuit rather, is unhealthy based on the way that you see others' accomplishments, based on the envy you have of others as opposed to admiring them, being encouraged by them, having a look at what they've done and say to yourself, I could do that too. So let me submit to you this. I submit to you that it is much greater, there's much more benefit to applaud the achiever who has arrived at the place you desire. Be their greatest cheerleader. Recognize and applaud their achievements because they are where you want to be. There's something to be said about gratitude. There's something to be said about uh, a healthy admiration of someone else. Show gratitude in knowing that if someone else has been able to accomplish such amazing feats, then it means that you can too. And that's encouraging. Somebody else did it. No reason why you can't. Remind yourself the next time that the line becomes blurred. That had it not been for that person's success, you wouldn't have no proof that success or a higher level of accomplishment like what they're displaying would even be possible. So be thankful that someone else has reached the mountaintop because more often than not, they've left a trail for your victorious climb to the top as well. Guys, I hope that helped. I'm excited about the rest of the show. Hang in there because right after the break, we're coming back with a wonderful conversation about things that we need to address today in our society with Dr. Anna Nogales. We'll be right back after the break. One of the books that I recently wrote has helped so many people that are stuck in this place where they are now in what I call a downward spiral. Hello, everyone. This is Jay Mamie, and I want to encourage you to take a look at a book called Battling Invisible Enemies, Facing Your Inner Struggles Head On. If you are struggling or being challenged by fear or anxiety or doubt or depression or discouragement, this book is for you. It's called Battling Invisible Enemies, Facing Your Inner Struggles Head On. You can buy the book at jmamie.com. As the coronavirus pandemic continues to surge, healthcare officials are working around the clock to get as many people vaccinated as possible. In DFW, vaccination megacenters have been set up in Dallas, Tarrant, and Collin counties. But you must pre-register. Walk-up appointments are not available. Anyone interested in getting a shot should contact their respective health department to register. A link to sign up for your vaccination is on our website at klif.com. 
Hey, DFW friends, if you're looking to get minor painting done around the house this spring or have your whole house painted, then you need to call my friend Damien DeClerc. He's been in the painting industry for 20 years, and his company, Pro Painting, is the future of the painting industry. They do detailed, itemized quoting so that you know the price is right. So whether the job is big or small, you can trust Pro Painting to get the job done right. At Pro Painting, they take the pain out of painting. Visit him at dfwpropainting.com. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. On the line right now is my featured guest. My featured guest is, as I said earlier in the first segment, she's a numerous award-winning clinical psychologist. She's also the founder of Nogales Psychological Counseling and Casa de la Familia. She's also the president of the Association for Latino Mental Health Awareness in Los Angeles and Orange County. And she's on the board of directors of Las Comadres para las Americas, who last week's show, we had the founder, Coram Nastak, on the show. And uh, she's a wonderful person, wonderful guest. And, and uh, Dr. Nogales is on the board of directors of that organization. But Dr. Nogales also currently hosts a weekday morning program for Univision Radio. She's a columnist for a number of magazines, like one of my favorites, Psychology Today, which I read often. She's a four-time author, and a few years ago, she was actually awarded Latina Entrepreneur of the Year. So we're excited to have Dr. Nogales on the show. Dr. Nogales, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Jay. It's <laughs> our pleasure, our honor, and boy, I tell you, we are excited to hear what you're going to share with us today. But before we get started, your credentials are off the charts, right? But we want to know a little bit more about your early story, your your upbringing, because that sets the pace for who you are today. So if you could just take a little time to share with us a little bit about that early start of your life. <laughs> that's, that's a funny story, because when I was a teenager, I had no idea what I was going to be doing in my life, like every other teenager, right? So my father thought I could be a good hairdresser, but I hated it. I hated it. So um, I went to see a psychologist. Uh, I was really good in math, excellent in math and chemistry. Those were my major ones. But it was this was many years ago in Argentina. There was no future for scientists. Mm. So, but I was very interested about what the psychologist was doing, <laughs> the evaluation that he was doing, the work that he was doing, and that's how it started. I became a psychologist. Wow, story. <laughs> that is a funny story because so psychology wasn't even on your radar. At no, all. Not at all. Not at all. No, I was into science. You know, it's interesting. My background, and I didn't share this with you, uh, doctor, but I also have academic degrees in psychology. And oh, okay. I, it's, it's nothing. If you would have told me in high school that that's what I would be pursuing, I would have said, no way. I was into fitness. I was into sports. I figured I was going into sports therapy or something like that. But just like for you, I was fascinated by how the brain worked. And I was fascinated how these other people were talking about it. And for me, it just became the most natural thing to do to pursue that um, and pick up my, my academic careers. And then I, I focused my psychology in, in selling, behavioral science, and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's funny. You and I didn't have that in our game plan. It just happened to be something we, we fell in love with because we saw other people doing it. So that, that's and funny. Because we have the, and because it was an opportunity, we opened our hearts to the opportunities. That's happened, that happened again with media. I have no idea I could be in media. I have, I have had TV shows on my own, daily TV shows. I have my radio t- daily uh, shows. So uh, given the opportunity, we open the doors and we rise. So that, that's an important message, that we have to be open to the opportunities. 
That's a wonderful message. Always be open to the opportunities because you never know, right? Wonderful. You never know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> so in your recent experience, I know your practice is very, very busy. I know you've got um, obviously lots going on these days. But I wanted to dive into the work that you do because there are so many of our listeners. Our listeners here, uh, doctor, are not only national, but they're international. In fact, I have Greece listening on the show today. Um, but at the end of the day, there's common denominators that we all have. And in your recent experiences and in your counseling work, what are you finding as the common denominator that many people are struggling with with regards to their mental health? And what would you say are some of those contributing factors? Well, we all we all seek uh, uh, to be uh, at peace, to be loved, uh, to to be stable emotionally, financially, and uh, when, for example, this pandemic uh, arose, so we all of those things were questioned. Uh, we lost so many jobs. Uh, people were so concerned about keeping their business running, uh, whatever the business is, and the financial strain really affected. Uh, most of us, most of us, especially minorities, uh, because the minorities uh, or recent immigrants too depend so much on their jobs and they don't have the same opportunities, talking about opportunities, right? They don't have the same opportunities that the ones that are more established have. So those were hit really badly with the pandemic. When you don't have more opportunities uh, or new ideas or things to that you can uh, go for it and uh, um, be- <laughs> The pandemic has stopped us from uh, from pursuing our dreams, and uh, for many of us, not for everybody, and that created a lot of uh, problems emotionally, emotional problems like anxiety, depression, uh, sleepless nights, uh, constant concerns, worrying, and that has been translated in many other uh, issues, health issues, and also behaviors, behaviors that uh, that affected all of us. Uh, when somebody in the family is so much concerned or going through a depressive uh, episode or, or being too anxious or being so, so much preoccupied, it affects all of us. So when, when, when somebody within the house, within the home, within the family is uh, suffering because their mental health is not the same as it used to be, the rest of the family goes with that. So mental health is a huge issue, especially nowadays within the pandemic. Now, Anton, one of the things that I, I'm, I've realized is even as you said that, uh, the, what the pandemic has done for a lot of people um, is really shaken their, their sense of certainty and, and predictability, right? I, I think you would right. agree that most yes. people thrive when there is a measure of predictability, Right, but we don't so do very know, well when when you can yeah because you can project for tomorrow you can say well tomorrow I'm gonna be doing this and maybe next year I can do that you can do projections in your life but when that's cut off then you just have what you have today you open the refrigerator and you see what you have to eat today and it's hard to project for tomorrow uh, I'm not talking literally I'm talking uh, uh, as a vision of what the life of many many of us is. So, yeah, it's, it's very difficult to cope. It has been very, very difficult to cope, uh, especially, especially for minorities. Mm-hmm. What kind of advice or encouragement? Because at this point, sometimes there's a difference between giving advice, counseling, and, and encouragement, right? Sometimes it's encouragement that people need, and there's a difference between those. But as you're having these conversations, especially with Latinos, 
um, who were who were hit hard, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a couple of minutes here. Um, but what is the primary encouragement that you are giving them in order to help them regain a little bit of that footing again, maybe a little bit more of the emotional vitality again? Uh, can you share that with us? Yes, there is something very strong, especially about Latinos and other minorities too, which is family. Family at the same time, while families are being hit, families are the main resource for, for anyone that is suffering. So when, uh, when we give support to the family, we can give support to the person that is in pain, that is suffering. So the support from family to understanding, uh, families getting together to support each other, that's another factor that has been incredibly, uh, uh, an incredible resource. Uh, we, we, for example, Latinos, and I know other minorities too, this is not just about Latinos, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we found that we were able to survive so much pain because of the family support. Uh, that has been very, very important. And also to be able to be informed uh, through media. Uh, the, you know, Univision, Telemundo have done wonderful work about informing, about supporting, about providing resources. Uh, we have uh, the, the, the Department of Mental Health from the county, county of Los Angeles. Uh, I'm, I'm here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. So the Department of Mental Health from the different counties, Orange County, uh, Riverside County have provided resources that come from federal funds. So that's great. So there are resources available for everybody. We have formed groups, groups for women, women support groups. The supporting women is a way of supporting the whole family. Women uh, are the central um, focus of attention when the, when a child, when, when whoever needs help, they go to the mother. The mother is uh, central in the family. So supporting those women has been essential also to provide mental health support services to the community. So I would say family is the best recipe, mm-hmm. love and family. Yes. I think, you know, in addition to uh, having the support of family, because there might be some people that are listening that say, listen, I don't have a a strong family unit. I I don't have the support of my family. So what about me? I would say to those folks, what you just said, which there's resources that are accessible to you, even if you are uh, lacking in the family support area. You have support through other resources that are available. You've just got to you got to be proactive and track them down. Don't find yourself feeling like a victim. Uh, be proactive so that you could be a victor, right? Right. So uh, what happens is for those, for example, uh, that are living here in the United States by themselves, they can continue uh, reaching out through WhatsApp or other social media with their family. And here within the United States, we have different groups that have become like the family. For example, you mentioned Las Comadres. Mm-hmm. Las Comadres is essential to so many Latina women in the United States because you can reach out so easily through Las Comadres to other women that can give you support, can talk to you, can, can share with you stories, can listen to you. So that's very essential also. So if you feel alone, if you're not, a, if you're lonely, you reach out because there are a lot of people there that are in the same boat. And, uh, and at this point in the pandemic, I think that we learn that supporting each other is what works. That's absolutely true. Supporting each other is what works. And by the way, it, we're going to dive into this in a, in a minute or two here. There's a danger in feeling like you are helpless and alone because it leaves room for the vultures to take advantage of you. 
right? Takes advantage of, of people like that. And, and we'll talk more about that soon. Right? That's very true. And if you think about depression, being feeling lonely and uh, keeping yourself in bed is the worst recipe ever. So if you feel bad, you have to reach out, go look at the nature and be in touch with others and, you know, and give yourself the opportunity to feel better instead of feeling that you have been so miserable. I like one of the things that you've done recently throughout the last 12 months here. Um, in terms of providing support for the uh, for the community, for Latino community, but anybody can listen to your program. Uh, but you went on Facebook Live a bunch of times, and you were a voice of calm. You were a voice of uh, of of encouragement, of resource. And I think, and you were touching people that whoever, obviously, whoever popped onto your Facebook Live page all over the country, all over the world, had a chance to to hear that. And and you spent a few minutes there, and and I think that is what I'm sure helped a lot of people continue to move forward and push forward and know that, hey, we're going to get through this because of that resource that you provided them, which I think was fantastic. Um, Facebook has been a great friend for many, many people. Yes, we communicate through Facebook with many of us. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, over the next couple minutes, before we go to break here, I I want to talk about vaccination. Now, I was reading a recent report and, a, and a, that that was pretty alarming to me, and I wanted you to, to speak on this. You know, unfortunately, Latinos make up a low percentage of those getting uh, getting the vaccine. You know, despite being disproportionate, uh, the greatest share of, of those that were hurt by COVID nineteen, uh, they're not getting the vaccine in 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 the proportionate way compared to the fact that they were dispo- disproportionately hurt more by COVID nineteen than a lot of other. Um, nationalities. Why do you feel there is a vaccine hesitancy happening right now in the Latino communities? Well, a lot of Latinos uh, are very hesitant of the vaccine, and there are several reasons for that. Uh, And I can tell you some of those. But at the same time, there is something very, very important that the distribution of the vaccine has not been equally distributed uh, for, for, for example, for Latinos. For example, here in the city of Santa Ana, we just received the vaccines lately, much later than in other cities. So there was a problem about distribution in communities that needed the most. Many Latinos are very hesitant also because they receive information from Latin America that is totally wrong. And I think that what is happening is that in Latin America, they do not have the or they did not have the vaccine until recently, and there is not enough vaccine still in Latin America. So there was a lot of uh, wrong propaganda about that the vaccine is not working and can have severe consequences to your health. So don't go for that mm. in, in the way of making you wait until the vaccine uh, uh, shows up. So uh, th- that terrible propaganda, that ter- totally bad misinformation have alerted a lot of uh, a lot of people to say let's wait let's wait and see what happens to others so we have the issue of uh, the wrong information we have the issue about many people do not have computers to go into their internet to check themselves and get uh, the vaccine there's also the language barrier and there's also for many people they are concerned about the, the history being distributed um, with the government, and they may be targeted in another ways, especially if they are not documented. So access has been a main, main issue for Latinos. That's interesting. Propaganda. You know, that's that's something I wouldn't have thought about, but as you explain that, it makes complete sense. Uh, with theories of conspiracy. That's correct. terrible. 
Right. It's unbelievable. We're going to go to break now, uh, Dr. Nogales, but when we come back, I want to start to really tackle the issue of domestic violence. And I want to hear your thoughts on how the pandemic has increased the rate of domestic violence. And we want to tackle that issue right after the break. Exhausted from your cancer battle or another painful crisis? Are there people around you, but you still feel so alone? Bob Neenstadt felt that way. In his new book, My Crowded Solitary Journey, Bob shares the story of his cancer battle, reconnection with God, and finding his strength in the solitary. Now available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback, order My Crowded Solitary Journey today. Chef Gorgie, the engineer-turned-chef, has created gourmet pasta sauces to help you make restaurant-quality gourmet dishes at home. Your family and friends will think that you've spent hours in the kitchen preparing that delicious meal. Made with quality ingredients and no added sugar, the award-winning sauces are available at DFW area Whole Foods, Jimmy's Italian Food Store, Royal Blue, and, of course, Gorgie's Restaurant, as well as on Amazon. And you can find them at GorgieGourmet.com. Hi, break time? I know you. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. It seems like you take care of yourself. I do. I play tennis. I try to eat well. What about screening for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. Colon cancer is more treatable when it's caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and is used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit requestcologuard.com. I'm on it. Excellent. KLIF. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. On the line here with Dr. Anna Nogales having a fascinating conversation. We're going to pick up where we left off in our last segment. Uh, Dr. Nogales, have you seen an increased rate of domestic violence during the pandemic? And why do you think this has happened? Unfortunately, I have to say that yes. I think that the rate of domestic violence has duplicated, if not triplicated, with the pandemic. Mm. It, it is very sad for me to tell you, uh, Jay, that unfortunately when there was domestic violence at home, maybe it was verbal, emotional abuse, it has translated with the frustration, with emotional pain, with depression, with anxiety into physical violence. More and more women have been victimized at home, living within quarantine time, maybe, maybe mm. because of the, the living many people within the same uh, uh, homes, so small homes, uh, and maybe with many children, children at home, running and screaming and laughing and playing uh, without going to school, being, uh, having difficulties to do their own work. The whole thing about being at home within the family has created a lot of stress and a lot of very unhappy moments and have given the basis for much more violence at home. Um, Not many women are reporting it because they are not able to report it. 
because they are with their husbands or with their partner at home, mm. so they can't call and see and ask for help. Children are not going to school, so children are not able to report what is going on at home. Teachers do not have the opportunity to talk to the to the students and see, hey, what's happening? What's going on, uh, little Joe? What's going on at home? So we don't have those resources at this moment yet. Uh, but, you know, we do know because we do receive much more calls asking for help for women when they are in the minute uh, available for when they have a minute available to talk to us. So and we know this is happening not just here in the United States, but everywhere around the world. Mm. We know that four women die every day in the United States because of domestic violence. Mm. And we know that those numbers are going to spike, are going to be much higher within the pandemic. We don't have those numbers yet, but I can assure you, Jay, that this is happening and we have to be very, very concerned about this other pandemic of abuse and violence at home. You know, people don't realize... Uh, and I'm I'm thankful that you're sharing this with us, and that's the reason why the value of being on the show is so uh, is so critical. People don't realize the not only the repercussions, but also the casualties that go beyond what we see on the news with regards to the pandemic and job loss and economic loss, and we get all that. But this here, what you pointed out, is is so alarming and sad. But right, so those women and children that were already under this horrible threat of violence at home just had that increased because they couldn't go anywhere. The the husband or whoever was the the person who was uh, committing this, this the domestic violence was home, so they were cocooned in in this horrible horrible situation. The fact that you say it's doubled and tripled is ridiculous. And you're right, we don't even know those numbers. We're gonna know them soon, but. It's, it's frightening and it's scary and it does break your heart for those women that have nowhere to go. Um, and it's unfortunate. And you're right. It's not just a national thing. It's a, it's a global thing. It's a uh, global thing that not, not only affects the women, also the children, because mm-hmm. children that are witnessing domestic violence. They are very affected by that, too. And, not, and, and that's not just physical violence. We can also talk about sexual violence. We know that, for example, children, teenagers that are being sexually abused, they are sexually abused by a relative, by someone that is at home. So we know also that the rate of sexual abuse is going to uh, be uh, much higher because it's happening now. We know that, um, unfortunately, many uh, children are exposed to that by uncles, by uh, cousins, and sometimes by stepfathers, and sometimes even by their own father biological father. And I'm saying males because usually males are the perpetrators, but mm-hmm. sometimes women too, but usually it's males. So this is a, an unfortunately something that is also uh, happening and, and ha- is very prevalent. Uh, do you know that uh, teenagers re- between the ages of 16 and 19 are the ones that are highest um, uh, rate of being sexually assaulted? One in every nine uh, young women, uh, I'm talking about teenagers, I'm talking about children under the age of 18, mm. are victims of sexual abuse by an adult. So uh, this was before the pandemic, one every nine girls. Now, before the pandemic, I, I, I would say now, I, this is an estimate, I would say one every six, maybe right. maybe five, maybe seven, is sexually abused at this time. So it's a... Uh, 
it's very unfortunate. What this is the 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 dark side of the pandemic. We can talk a lot about you know being sick, about the the virus, about the unfortunate loss of lives. But this is the other side of what we don't talk that much, mm-hmm. which is about the sadness of what is happening at home, about domestic violence, which involves physical violence, sexual violence, and of course emotional, psychological, mental violence too. Very sad. It's heartbreaking. Um, it it really is. Let let me ask you a question here because. Uh, this show is all about thriving. And I've always said on my show, thriving takes on many forms. And that's just uh, entrepreneurial or business thriving or academic or career thriving. It could be thriving in your emotional state and your relationship and your parenting. It's all about thriving in different areas of life. But one thing I do know is that there are sometimes experiences that people go through that become anchors to them being able to move forward to get to the next level, to thrive in whatever area they want to thrive in, right? And sexual abuse, uh, domestic violence is one of those areas where if it's not spoken about and you sort of sweep it under the rug, it could certainly become something that will not only handicap you, but suppress you from moving forward. So how destructive is this personal suppression by someone who's been through either domestic violence or sexual abuse? How destructive is it? And can somebody ever really truly thrive without tackling this at some point? Many people can uh, address the issues by themselves, but most of them will need some kind of psychological support to be able to do it because doing it by yourself is a very, very difficult proposition. So when people reach out to a professional that can help them with these issues, it's much easier and you can thrive. Many, many others uh, uh, that survive sexual assault, for example, uh, can can reach out and can uh, uh, address the whatever the trauma they have gone through and uh, they can reach out to others to help others too. We have many people that attend our uh, trainings and they become uh, uh, counselors or they become uh, supporting uh, members of the community. Uh, they they join our support groups and help others. So you can thrive even with when you went through so much trauma. We have also people that write about that, um, creating awareness. By the way, the month of April is the month of uh, sexual assault awareness month. So we're trying to talk about that as much as possible because when we do the opposite, when we think that I will forget about it, I will make it like it never happened, I will erase it from my mind, we're just lying to ourselves. We're just putting it behind, and we know that any trauma that we have uh, gone through, it will uh, it will be flared up, it will... It will come back to us at any moment without being able to control it or to manage the, the, the feelings related to that. So talking about that, being able to be on top of this, mm-hmm. knowing your re- emotional reactions can avoid many conflicts. Many people, for example, that have been sexually assaulted, many women, but also men, have problems with intimacy. How can they can trust, how can they open up to an intimate relationship when you have been hurt in your intimacy? So it's very important to seek help. That That's the key. Seeking help really is where I think a lot of people sometimes struggle because of shame, right? Because of shame. Uh, but shame I, is a factor. Shame, shame is a factor. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I want to talk about one of your books that kind of parlays into this a little bit here. You you wrote a, one of your four books was the Latina Power 
workbook, Latina Power Workbook. You write about in this book, you mentioned about using your seven strengths to say no to an abusive relationship. I'd love for you to share with our audience a little bit about this book and what one of those seven strengths is. You know what, Jay? As Latinas, we always try to help others, to support others, but we forget about ourselves. And in this book, I'm trying to do exactly that, to uh, tackle in whatever we do for others, to do it for ourselves, to be able to overcome any kind of trauma, like uh, domestic violence, like abusive relationships, and be able to help ourselves with the, probably the same advice that we will give to others by giving it to ourselves. So it's a very interesting empowerment workbook. It's based on my book, Latina Power, or Latina es Poder in Spanish, uh, which is another of my books. But this, one, this book specifically is about thriving, as you said, about overcoming, about being able to enjoy your life, being able to give yourself the best, too, because women, are, we, are giving, we are the role models for the future generations, for our children and grandchildren. So when we can give ourselves the power to feel good, to enjoy our lives, to have a good life, we are giving the next generation the same opportunity. That's wonderful. And we're going to post your book up at our website. But in our last minute here, I want to give uh, uh, you the last word here. You've risen to one of the most important Latino voices of our modern of our modern times because of the impact you're doing, the impact that you've done and what you still continue to do. But what advice would you give a young Latina or any woman who's in the early discovery phase of who she wants to be and what impact she wants to make on our society? In our last 30, 45 seconds, what would you say to that young lady? I would say just think about yourself, what you want to be, what what your dreams are, and go for them. Life will take you to your destiny. You don't have to know your destiny because you will discover while you walk through it. But follow your dreams. Beautiful. And you certainly have, and you still still continue to do that and look at the impact you've made around the world, and especially here with the Latinos in, in our community. Dr. Nogales, I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much. And we're going to have you again in the future to continue to dialogue. And you always have an open mic here with us. Thank you so much. And I really will enjoy listening to you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Hey, everyone. Jay Mamie here from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I want to encourage you to visit my merchandise store. You can find it at thejmamie.com. A number of my inspirational, thought-provoking, action-stoking phrases and quotes that have been so much in demand over the last four or five years now are available in print. You can print them on your favorite coffee mug, print them on a poster. Take my thrive-minded content with you wherever you go. Visit my store at thejmamie.com. In his book, The Cadence of Excellence, author and top sales leadership coach and advisor in the world of business-to-business sales, my recent guest, Matt McDarby uses real-life examples to highlight how to make better leadership and training decisions today that will have a huge impact on you and the people that you lead. The Cadence of Excellence and his new book, The Ultimate Differentiator, are both available now on Amazon. 
This is a special announcement for men with ED. A local medical clinic is offering free doses of a breakthrough ED medication to the first 75 men who call now. This offer is to spread awareness about a treatment that's 98% effective, even for men who can't take prescription ED medications. You'll receive a personalized, custom blend of the latest FDA-approved medications formulated to treat sexual performance problems caused by diabetes, cardiovascular problems, low testosterone, or depression. Your appointment will be at a private and professional medical office with a doctor representing a physician network that has helped over 50,000 men regain their performance in just one office visit. If you thought your ED symptoms were untreatable, don't miss this opportunity to get a free dose of a highly effective rapid-acting medication. This offer is limited to the next 75 men who call. Pay for a consultation and receive a free dose of this breakthrough treatment. That's 800-891-3600. 800-891-3600. 800-891-3600. BostonMedicalGroup.com Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I'm excited about our next guest, who is actually calling in from Greece. So hopefully we'll have a chance to talk to, to have her speak in, in, in Greek at some point throughout this segment here for all of our Greek listeners. Uh, but I'm excited about what she's doing. Victoria Nexto really is becoming a powerful voice also for human trafficking uh, sex trafficking, and that's why she's on the show today to continue this tough talk that I spoke about early on where we're going to have as a way for us to thrive as a global community. But she's the coordinator of the global event Raise Your Voice Festival, which is actually happening the following weekend, which is why having her on the show today was so important. So I want to welcome to the show Victoria Nexto. Victoria, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jay. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. What you're doing and what your organization is doing is very needed and very important, and we're going to dive into that. But before we go ahead and get into the the, the importance of the work, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Great. Yeah. Um, so my name is actually Victoria Dipla, and next to it's like my brand name. So it actually means next to my last name. Oh, okay. So, yeah. You have a little bit of information in Greek about that. Mm. Um, so I am a lawyer here in Athens, in Athens, Greece. I live here right now. Uh, and I'm also volunteering and coordinating for Fashion Revolution Greece, uh, which is the local office of Fashion Revolution, uh, an NGO and global movement with offices all around the world. Uh, also, we have offices in the U.S., so I'm also uh, currently studying for my master's degree in uh, law in Berkeley. So hopefully I'll be able to come to the States soon in the summer. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. You know, it's interesting. I, I appreciate so much, and I've mentioned this oftentimes on this show, the power of not only uh, social media connections, because it really does give you a chance to meet people that otherwise you maybe would never, ever meet. And this is an example. You and I are having this conversation, which is going to impact the lives of many based on our content. But you and I met because of another uh, uh, a person that we both know, that we mutually know. And uh, I won't even begin to pronounce her last name, but Joanna. <laughs> Joanna, yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, you, you can go ahead and, and, and say her last name because I'm going to mess it up. Yeah, so uh, Joanna uh, Majuridu. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, more, yeah. it's difficult for me as well. I know that for some people uh, in the U.S., it's 
kind of difficult to pronounce our names. So sorry for that. No, that's quite all right. I, I just know she's a she's an excellent person. She's a star in her own right on the rise. And uh, in my my alma mater, we have a uh, an ability to mentor students there and, and and upcoming rising business stars. And that's how her and I met. And through our affiliation and our mentoring, uh, you popped up on our radar. And when I heard what you're doing with Raise Your Awareness, um, Raise Your Voice Festival, I said, okay, we need to make sure that we have Victoria on the line here. So again, that's the reason why we got together. Just to give people a little bit of backdrop of how you and I connected. But what's the origination? Um, Mm -hmm. of Raise Your Voice and and what inspired its launch? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, as I said, we are part of uh, the Fashion Revolution movement. So, every local office uh, during the one week every year, the Fashion Revolution Week in April, uh, hosts their own event. What we did was to create a project like no other local office has ever done. This festival wanted to embrace uh, all of forms of art, of um, aiming at motivating people, raising awareness and raising our voices against human trafficking, which is one of the major issues behind the global supply chain. So we wanted to focus on that kind of issue because fashion revolution is all about uh, changing and uh, actually challenging the status quo of the industry. And we really wanted to focus on the workers and the workers' rights and their human rights being uh, violated. So we focused on human trafficking. And especially here in Greece, as we are an entry-level point for uh, human trafficking victims to enter to the, to the European Union, we thought that this is crucial to us and very important to raise awareness about this issue. Well, obviously, Raise Your Voice makes one of its centerpieces of awareness human trafficking. But most people only superficially understand the gravity of this global crisis. And why do you think that is? Exactly. Uh, Yes, most of the people don't really think that human trafficking is actually, uh, I would say, an issue, I think, anymore. Uh, A common misconception is that uh, modern-day slavery doesn't exist, but it does. More than 40 million people are victims of human trafficking right now, and 70% mm. of them are women. Wow. So, uh, yeah, forced labor is uh, an ongoing business. It's a multi-billion dollar business uh, that is pretty under uh, the radar of, uh, pretty much under the radar of many countries, but it's still a very huge global issue. So, yeah. It is very important to raise awareness about uh, this kind of problem. It is happening. You mentioned big business, right? and and it's yeah. alarming that here we are, 2021. You have access to social media information on the drop of a dime. There's there's just just about anything you want to research or dive into. It's available uh, to be explored um, because of the access to information. But most people, as you uh, just mentioned, most people aren't aware that there's big business in human trafficking. But but exactly how can you share with us how that becomes a big business for 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 businesses globally? Yes. So like I mentioned and you said, this is an industry that goes beyond uh, 120 billion uh, years a year. So this is a pretty big business, like I said. It's something that 
goes underneath the supply chain of the global supply chain for many industries, not just the fashion industry that is our main focus, but any kind of industry. Uh, it spreads around so many countries. So this is a transnational problem. And this is usually the issue with it because you'd have to have many state actors global mm-hmm. actors, NGOs, governments to engage mm-hmm. in cooperation and communication in order to tackle this issue. And most of the time, people don't understand that uh, their everyday life choices ha- have an impact on how this industry works. Because if you give the demand, if you keep supplying the demand, the supply will also follow. So this is kind of a thing that happens due to the lack of transparency and the lack of of uh, the levels of development between countries because this is an issue that happens mostly on developing countries and is also apparent and not so usual, but it does happen in developing countries as well as the U.S., but uh, being a tier one country, the U.S. is more capable of uh, tackling the issue and mitigating, but um, most of the developing countries are very much in uh, what you would call a gap in this situation. They need more support. And here we are to support them and to speak about this issue and raise our awareness because this is the most we can do in order to make this global issue a priority. Now, considering this is such a global crisis, and and I think you, you mentioned now you probably answered my question, but I'll let you just expand a little bit further. Mm-hmm. There, there are certain companies because they're smaller companies. They don't have the resources. They don't have the operations. They don't have the manpower uh, mm-hmm. in place to thwart any of this stuff happening. Uh, and obviously, the U.S. we we have uh, operations that are uh, a little bit more advanced, so we can kind of um, we can be a a, a stumbling mm-hmm. block against exactly. human trafficking. But would you say that the reason why the crisis continues to occur around the world for decades is because most countries just aren't able to to get a uh, handle on it? I would say that most countries that are in the developing world, which we see are the 10 top countries that have the biggest amount, the biggest percentage of human trafficking occurring them, have an issue with, uh, I would say, organization because they are in the state of the a process of developing in their economies, in their civilizations, or in their uh, infrastructure. So you would say that these countries are more vulnerable mm. because of this. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. is like, I'm, I'm very happy that you mentioned it. It's a very good example of, of a country that is actually actively engaging in communications and aiding uh, other countries in this process because uh, the know-how and the potential to mitigate an issue that is so big uh, actually needs uh, the organization of a country that has already figured out some kind of form of structure. So developing countries uh, are more uh, vulnerable, like I said, and more likely to have an issue with tackling human trafficking. Can you tell us a little bit about in our last minute here about the upcoming festival? Yes, of course. Uh, so our festival is actually um, a festival that wants, like I said, to embrace civilization and art in all their forms and manifestations. We aim to motivate people to raise their voice uh, against human trafficking. We are going to be um, in collaboration with more than 50 organizations, state actors, uh, to organize this festival. And we also 
collaborated with um, uh, the state bodies here in Greece and with uh, the embassy from the United States. We have a collaboration with uh, a network platform uh, in the New York City, uh, the Collab. We're very happy to have them uh, being on our festival. So the festival will be from Friday uh, 23rd to Sunday 25th of April. And it will be on Facebook and on Facebook and YouTube. So our channels will be filled with content. Well, Victoria, we appreciate what you're doing. And we're going to have your information up on our website as well. So thanks again for being a part of the show today. Well, guys, that's a wrap for this Sunday. I hope that you found value in our show. We'll look forward to having you next Sunday for your Hour of Thrive Time.